1: Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com iron filings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Papa, pow. Pa. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? it's the Melchester Odyssey uh, we are at an incredibly crucial stage in the 1980s Roy the Rovers story that we're covering where Roy has been shot he lies on the danger list in hospital um, they don't know what's happened to his brain they've got him in a coma they've got his head bandaged incredibly tightly to stop the aforementioned brain from I don't know moving around or, or yeah. swelling or falling out of his ears I don't know why they've done that Um our TFTM doctor could probably get in touch and tell us more about that. Um, she she regularly gets in touch and corrects us on things we've said. She a bit
0: lampards us sometimes. In, the, in
1: medical ones. she does, yeah. But, Dear um, sirs, right.
0: regarding yeah. your episode, dated 27th of July, 2020, uh, I appreciated the humour therein. However, there are a number of factual inaccuracies in your assessment of Roy Race's medical condition that I wish to correct you on. (laughs) Error one. (laughs) The bandages are not put there in order to keep the brain in place, as you suggest. (laughs) Well, what are they for, then? Hey, go on. It's a waste of fucking... It's a waste of good bandage, then, isn't it? (laughs)
1: They are there to demonstrate that he is the patient in case he should get up and wander around. Bandages are entirely
0: cosmetic, but nonetheless serve an important role in hospitals to identify and distinguish between medical professionals, such as me,
1: and the patients, such as Roy Race. Uh, If Roy were to try and facilitate his escape, by getting uh, a janitor's <laughs> outfit and putting it on, he would not be able to escape because the bandage would be intact. It can only be removed by a trained medical professional. <laughs> uh, enough. Well, here's what was happening at the end of the last one, right? Um, where is it? I've lost it. Yeah, obviously Rovers need someone to take over. Bloody Grey's not up to the job long term, mm, I'm not up to it. I give <laughs> it my <laughs> you know, best shot. But I'm no Roy Race. I haven't slept for five fucking days. I can't believe the pressure.
0: (laughs) I was up all last night, crying and crying and crying. (laughs) And Mrs Blackie, she was like, Blackie, just come to bed. Nothing can be that important. I was throwing stuffs around the house.
1: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, they've got someone in take over things uh, there's some journalists assembled at the entrance to the, the ground and in comes what looks like a purple Rolls Royce and yes we see them looking through the window who is it we don't know we're going to find out in this week's edition uh, at the beginning now there's a spoiler he was on the cover the new manager was on the cover this week but they haven't put the cover in the book because they didn't yeah. want to give us a spoiler I'm looking at the front cover now and the man in question is strolling in through the doors at Melchester. He's got his hand raised in the air as if to say, everything's fine, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that again. He's got a dossier in his left hand. So he's come prepared. Well,
0: that's always a good sign, isn't it?
1: And it says on the front, Roy was still lying unconscious in hospital after being shot down by an unknown gunman. And although they were unbeaten in the second division, the pressure was beginning to tell on Melchester Rovers. So the club's directors had sent for help in a very big way. And the mystery man has arrived. And it says, we go into the story itself. It says, meanwhile, in the reception lounge. Look at that reception lounge. What a a shiny floor it's got. Two very long tables. I think they've put a buffet out for him, by the looks of it. Wood
0: paneling. Wood paneling. Lots
1: of... Beautifully ornately framed uh, paintings on oil, oil
0: paintings
1: looks like it yeah um, I mean that would be a lovely place to have a wedding reception wouldn't it yeah I
0: wonder if you'd look,
1: hire look it out I mean I that floor I went to a
0: birthday party at Old Trafford once did you overlooking the pitch from a large mm. executive suite okay. but I, I don't think it would be cheap to hire out I mean I think you can do it at any football <clears> club <throat> if you want but they don't make mm. it they don't make it easy well, when I got be, married yeah
1: when I got married 11 years ago, we looked at the Stadium of Light as a possible reception venue. Oh, yeah. Uh, it didn't overlook the pitch, though, just overlooked the car park. <laughs> but, uh, that that wasn't cheap either, but we didn't. We opted for somewhere else in the end. Somewhere mm. a bit more like Melchester, to be honest. Mm. Um, so it's uh, Sam Barlow. He's the chairman. And he's saying, uh, I don't have to remind you that we're lucky to get him, gentlemen. Having won almost every honour in the game, including the World Cup... <gasps> And then his name's revealed. Oh, oh, he says, oh, oh. Sir Ralph doesn't have to prove himself to anyone anymore. Whoa, it's Sir Ralph Ramsey.
0: Fucking oh, nee. hell, I got him off the fucking out of the retirement home, have they?
1: When he I said mean, World Cup there, I thought it was going to be Telly Santana, but no. It's Sir Alf Ramsey. I
0: mean, you know, Sir Ralph Ramsey, 1980, Melchester Rovers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, this is 14 years since we won the World Cup. And oh, I, you I a not idea. Did, did he do? I think he got he got laid off in what after he failed to qualify in seventy four,
1: wasn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, did he do any club managing after that?
1: I'm just going to have a little look. I don't I don't remember him doing any. You wouldn't, would you? You can't go down again once you've been right at the top like that.
0: People do. I mean, look at Scolari. Didn't he want win the World Cup and the he won the World Cup? He didn't win the Euros. With Portugal, did he? But he, he won the World Cup, and then he ended up playing, but managing Chelsea and getting the sack.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, different times though, wasn't it? Um, after England, uh, he became a director of sportswear manufacturer Gola Sports, and right. also of a local building firm. <laughs> he became the director of a building firm.
0: I'm I'm giving up football. I've achieved all there is to achieve. I'm now <laughs> going into the building industry. I will be a building magnet,
1: and that's quite how he spoke as well, wasn't it? But he yes, wasn't felt he was, like that. He was. He was from Dagenham, wasn't he? He was from some quite. Um, he was from the lower orders, but he reinvented himself and he spoke like that to make himself yeah. sound as if he was a bit more uh, important than he was. Yeah. So let's, What else did he do? So there was the building builders merchants. Uh, he was a television pundit. Okay, God, now, Jesus, that seems impossible, to- doesn't it?
0: I might have to YouTube that.
1: Yeah. He joined the board of Birmingham City in 1976. Uh, and then when the manager was sacked, he refused the offer to take his place. He was a caretaker at Birmingham. Mm. And then he changed his mind. He resigned his directorship to take on the role of consultant. So oh, He's edging towards the manager's job. Plum job. job. But
0: plum job. That's what Harry Redknapp did at Portsmouth, didn't he? He managed to land himself the role of consultant before becoming manager. Anything,
1: anything consultancy is, just, well, it's, it's not real work, is it?
0: We want to be podcast consultants. We want to
1: be podcast consultants. If obviously. you're a big
0: blue chip organisation or perhaps a big city broker and you've come to realise that <laughs> no one can operate in the fast moving uh media landscape anymore whether you're a corporate Mm. or whoever you are without having a really good podcast then you'll probably don't want to invest tons in having a full-time consult uh, a full-time podcast department but you could make use of two very successful podcasters as your pod consultants yeah very reasonably priced get in touch
1: exactly I'm just reading a bit more about Alf Ramsey after he left Birmingham uh, he didn't have any more managerial work but uh, he did work as a technical advisor at Greek side Panathinaikos during 1979-1980 he's been on holiday probably with his knotted hanky on his head maybe trying some calamari maybe not Uh, I've been in in Athens Athens
0: for the last year and a half (laughs) with my fucking feet up scoffing squid yeah (laughs) Can you believe it? Fucking squid—that's what they eat out there.
1: <laughs> Being I have my technical
0: advisor up eating fucking squid, <laughs> <laughs> drinking fucking what's that? What's that stuff they drink that tastes like aniseed
1: Oh man, not um, retzina.
0: oh well, what's it called? Uzo. Everyone used to be really Uzo. Uzo.
1: Yeah,
0: fucking hell. lethal, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely lethal. Yeah. The old uso was. We went on a school <laughs> trip to Greece once. When we were in the fifth year,
1: <laughs> you didn't have any and, uzo, did you then?
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we, we said right.
1: You you right um,
0: you did. Oh, we had loads of uzo, yeah, because I knew of uzo because my brother had brought it home from a previous holiday in Greece, and you added it to water, and the water went sort of cloudy. Mm. And I, I said to everyone, when we get there, get some uzo because the Greeks will sell booze to anyone. Which, when mm. you are fifteen. 16 is like amazing because it was such on, a fucking heaven. grind getting booze in the UK, wasn't it? But like, go yeah. there, and I was right. The dis and that's in Greece were like, eh, yeah, sure, no problem, English child.
1: You got you got hairs on your balls, son? Yeah, you can have <laughs> oozo. Uh,
0: eh, you have a nice big bottle, yeah? Oh, you get a little, what you get a little pussy bottle for? Dude, <laughs> yeah, nice big bottle. You drink it all, make you strong. So we got a load and we worked out that you could drink it on the coach when you were just fucking driving around with the teachers because it could be disguised in, like, squash or whatever, right? (laughs) So people were getting pissed quite a lot, but I felt bad because there was a couple of kids who I don't think had much experience and they got too into it. And on the first night, the first night in a hotel in Athens, one of them was fucking out on the balcony up on like the fifth floor climbing about pissed off his fucking Fucking nut it was like he'd never tried he'd never been allowed out before so some of us there we were by that stage seasoned park drinkers right yeah yeah. and we were the ringleaders of the whole when we get there we've got to get bang on the ouzo thing and some of these kids were like they'd not really had much freedom before it was was
1: not the best place to start either is it
0: no and so one of them got caught like hanging over a balcony and the teacher had to put him back and save him and the other one pissed and shat himself right oh
1: Jesus Christ
0: and do you know what was awful is that the (laughs) teachers had to come in the end like whoever he was sharing a room with went and not grasped basically said look I think he might die so the teachers had to come and get him right and he was and they had to take his trousers and everything off because he was pissing and shitting <laughs> and uh do you know what was really out of order is that the music teacher right who was one of these sort of quite young thought she was you know i'm more like one of the kids and one of the teachers yeah. but was a bit of a twat she thought that it was i did appro- you to call me helen yeah exactly <laughs> well she's another so she actually did end up having it Uh-oh. off with, with one of my mates for real but um she thought it was an appropriate punishment. They got threatened with being sent home, which always happened on school trips, didn't it, if you got Mm. into trouble. Empty fucking threat, by the way. There's no way the teachers can be arsed sending kids home. No, the admin's ridiculous. Um, so So she thought it was an appropriate punishment for the rest of the time we were in Greece. To every group meeting there was with all of the kids there and the teachers, which happened, you know, maybe twice a day. Where they addressed all the kids in one group to make a reference to the size of this boy's penis, which Fucking she had hell. seen because she had had to, her and some other teachers had had to basically undress him because he mm. was just off his face on the floor. And she kept like doing a thing with her little finger. Imagine that, right? Imagine Jesus how insecure Christ. you are about all stuff like that anyway when you're that age, right? Yeah. And you're on this school trip, you're 16. You with all there's loads of girls from your school on the trip with you, right? And she keeps going, well, yeah, and she just shoehorn a reference into the size of his penis, right, which she had last Fuck seen hell. covered in feces, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> every day for the rest of the trip. And the geezer, every time he just looked like you, you saw him, and it was like, you know, his spirit. You could see each day his spirit just being fucking crushed. Mm. Anyway. After that first night, with one of them practically dying off a balcony, the other one pissing and shitting himself, when we got to the next stop, because it was a road trip across Greece, she, they said, they got, they got me, and they said, Sam, we want you to share with those two in the next hotel. And I said, I'm not, I, I don't want to share with them, I want to share with my mates. She said, no, they've uh, got a bit out of hand, we want you to keep an eye on them. I was thinking, why am I the fucking cunt has <laughs> got to keep an eye on the blokes who like, went mental on Uzo. Anyway, so
1: hell. that's
0: Uzo. And by the look on Alf Ramsey's face when he first turns up at Mel Park, he certainly had a few good times on the Uzo himself.
1: <laughs> i just got back
0: from Athens. <laughs> fucking dynamite place.
1: Squid. Did a bit of and consultancy. They've got, this,
0: they've got this stuff called Uzo, which is like fucking fire water, right? <laughs> I built up a resistance to it. So it was great. Fucking
1: rocket fuel it is. I
0: I would generally get started around (laughs) midday and just keep going sips. But my glass, my glass would always be. It would never get beyond three quarters. Slow steady through the day. I felt wonderful, and they were paying me unbelievable money. I had to turn up, do a few fucking handshakes once in a while. (laughs) That was it. It was fucking dreamland.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so here he is. So um, Sam, Sam Barlow's giving his speech to it looks like the Board of Directors at Malchester and they've got a framed picture of the 1966 World Cup winning team on the wall. I don't know whether they've Look put that up just to welcome him or they've it's always been there. Click, perhaps he's
0: coming. Go and get a framed picture of the 66 World Cup winning team. If not, he's going to be fucked off. He insists on them on being every room he ever goes into. <laughs>
1: And Barlow said, so I want you to stress how grateful we are that he has agreed to help us through the biggest crisis this club has ever faced. And then someone bursts in to the uh, the executive lounge and says, you better roll up the red carpet again, Sam. Sir Ralph has gone straight out to the pitch. And Sam turns his head quickly. You see the motion of his head turning and he goes, good grief, good fucking grief. <laughs> the can
0: <laughs> that wasn't what we arranged. I've laid this fucking spread on for the con! we put that
1: fucking picture on the wall. These the sandwiches fuck? are gonna go fucking stale! Can I cancel the contract? Is it too late? Yeah. Look at these this sandwiches. Is unacceptable.
0: Tin salmon. Spread <laughs> Egg and Cress. These are I've been up all, I've had the wife up all night making these. A prawn ring! They're not cheap. <laughs> And that cunt has got straight off the plane from Athens and he's fucking turned his nose up. Like, oh, I suppose they're not good enough for him because he's been eating fucking nothing but squid and feta cheese for the last year. <laughs> Getting fat on ah <laughs> <sighs> uh, Thanks for the sandwiches, but that's fucking muck. <laughs> I appreciate the gesture. But I've been living like a continental for the last 18 months. (laughs) And that, to me, is like fucking pig swell. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Tinned fucking salmon, fuck off. I eat fresh stuff every fucking morning with my eggs. (laughs) Freshly fucking caught. Line caught too. Not the fucking... By some fucking Greek cat called Stavros. I get it straight off the fucking boat. I don't need fucking fish in a tin, you fucking peasant. <laughs> the, I've seen different worlds. I've been exposed to different cultures that the likes of you cannot even fucking imagine.
1: I'm Alf Ramsey. I want the fucking World Cup. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I will not be eating fucking fish out of a tin like a fucking pagan.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Jalapeno.
0: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness.
1: Jalapeño.
0: It's like vodka, but it tastes more like licorice all sorts, And it's stronger too. Fucking sensational. Here, boys, have some now. I brought a whole... I was allowed two suitcases. <laughs> Most people are allowed one, but I'm fucking half I had two. They, they know who I am, so they waved me through. I got one with my fucking clothes in, and the other one's full of fucking ouzo.
1: <laughs> and thanks... go for your life boys if if any of you want to buy any fucking fags later on give me a shout they're in the (laughs) booth these are Greek frag fags
0: they're three times as fucking strong as normal (laughs) British fags you know John Player Specials yeah they're the strongest fags aren't they well these are twice as strong as them even have
1: a fucking go on that
0: Blackie. it'll blow your fucking
1: balls off (laughs) they taste fucking horrible but once you once you get used to them they're (laughs) alright yeah and anyway, you
0: can watch the taste away with a big gulp of this fucking Ouzo. The lads in Greece swear by one of these and a glass of Ouzo before they go on the pitch. And a top-up at half-time. And it's not done them any good. Panathinaikos have won the fucking league four times in a row. My you, not saying much. The standard of fucking football out there. <laughs> right, let's get
1: going. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so there he is. Um, he's on the training pitch having a look. Got his suit on. The uh, bottle <laughs> says he obviously likes to get straight down to business. Which too <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, okay, the, lads, the lads have got a ball each by the looks of it. They're all a little bit kick around on the training ground.
0: One right, uh, thing no. that Alf Ramsey always <laughs> insists on is a ball for each individual player. <laughs> That's mandatory if you want me to take on this role.
1: You're going to have to invest in extra fucking balls. That's rule one.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and Noel Baxter says, hey, Blackie, there he is. Blackie Gray had been appointed temporary player manager in Roy's absence.
0: Oh, thank fuck.
1: So Ralph's coming and took took Blackie's job off him. Welcome back, Sir Ralph. I, uh, I guess the first thing you'd like to do is have a chat with the players. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph yes. says, yes, please, Blackie. As soon as I've paid my respects to the directors. You could, you could forget the sir, by the way. Alf will do nicely. Yeah,
0: oh, then there's know. a big close-up on his kind <laughs> face. Massive,
1: yeah. <laughs> his kindly World Cup-winning face. He <laughs> says, uh, and, and while I'm gone, perhaps you'd be kind enough to organise some practice. Passing, heading, anything which involves agility. Agility is in bold. <laughs>
0: anything that involves a football <laughs> and a human body.
1: Uh, football stuff, yes. I want to see how everyone shapes up.
0: He's completely out of touch with modern football.
1: He's like, I'm going inside for a big fucking feed. You do the training, I'll come out and have a look later now, on. Blackie, listen here. I'm going to have to
0: force down some of this fucking disgusting shit that the chairman's <laughs> laid on for me, right? I'm going to have to get leathered first so I don't taste it. Then I, then I intend to lay a massive fucking cable in the executive <laughs> toilets, right? That could take me anything between half an hour and a full 90 minutes. I right?
1: might even have a little sleep in there as well while I'm in there.
0: <laughs> and once I back out, I want all the training to be taken care of and you can
1: report back to me. Well, no problem so I'll You're basically in charge, Blackie. <laughs> but I'm, I'm picking up the dough. I've seen this more as a consultancy job.
0: <laughs>
1: no problem at all, Alf Oh, God
0: That's sir, uh, after you, you fucking commoner <laughs> But I thought you just said Don't you tell me what I just said
1: <laughs> okay, You got any sir, fucking witnesses, laddie?
0: <laughs> okay, sir, Alf Oh, please, Blackie, drop the formalities I'm just played <laughs> old Alf Okay, Alf How uh, dare uh, you, you shithead
1: Fucking Alf <laughs> <hell. laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm all over the place here Good, I've got inside your mind I'm already halfway there. <laughs> I'm living in your mind rent free, Blackie. This is just hour one. And I'm about Get to redecorate. <laughs> 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 and you can keep me deposit as well. I don't need it. I'm fucking minted.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I wish I'd been shot. <laughs> Um, half <laughs> an hour later as the former manager of England reappeared <laughs> and he's come back out he's got a fucking Melchester tracksuit on now well I'll <laughs> be shouts one of the players he's wearing a tracksuit <laughs> as if he intends to join in the workouts he's a bit insulting uh, Noel Baxter says don't yeah, worry I'll... Yeah, <laughs> look at the fucking state of him look at his fucking tits Noel <laughs> Baxter says don't worry I bet he's kept himself fit yeah I bet he has in fucking grease. Um, not surprisingly the Rovers found it difficult to concentrate and they're playing a bit of head tennis three of them there uh, there's one player there who I've never seen before with the blonde hair
0: yeah so fuck he, knows who he is I don't
1: know who he is he's just there to make up the numbers he's just Looks Roy a with shaggy like hair Taylor
0: the guy who scored two for West Ham in the 1975 FA Cup final
1: I'll take your word for that yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's wandering around watching us and uh, Duncan Mackay says as if he's assessing our strengths and weaknesses
0: yeah well that's his fucking job Mackay you twat <laughs> he's
1: a fucking manager uh, Kenny Logan oh there's an old Baxter and he says I haven't got any weaknesses you fucking are a weakness Baxter you <laughs> cunt um and then they're um playing a bit of piggy in the middle as they're passing it all around in a circle um Someone shouts, step up the accuracy of these passes, lads. Remember what Sir Alf once said? Something about a pass astray is a goal away. Did I say that? I don't remember fucking saying that. When was that? Oh, I must have said it. Whatever. Alf then gathers them all together, and he says, uh, All right, chaps, gather round. That was a very interesting little workout, you cunts. I can see why Melchester (laughs) are unbeaten in, (laughs) in league games. And... He says, I wouldn't dream of making any drastic changes to the successful methods employed by Roy. Basically, I'm just going to fucking keep the ball in the air here. I'm not really going to do anything. Keep doing just get what on you're doing. It. Don't, you don't bother
0: division. me. You don't bother me, and I won't bother you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but then he throws a fucking uh, surprise into the mixer. He says, uh, but I think you can expect one or two little uh, experiments as we go along. Fucking hell. What's he going to do? What's he planning? Is he going to get them to play in different positions? Have any
0: of you ever eaten a squid? <laughs> well, well, you fucking will be soon.
1: <laughs> Have any of you ever had a finger inserted into your anus during lovemaking?
0: <laughs> Nor had I, until I moved to Greece. It was, a, it was an eye-opener in more ways than one. But much like the taste of these Greek bags I was telling you about, you soon get used to it, especially (laughs) with a couple of stiff glasses of Ouzo inside of you. (laughs) Now, who goes first?
1: (laughs) Get back in that circle you were all in for the passing game a minute ago.
0: Vic Guthrie, I would like (laughs) to volunteer you (laughs) to be the first (laughs) to
1: have my finger up
0: your anal passage.
1: (laughs) I don't fucking think so. Listen, I won the World Cup, Sonny. What I say goes.
0: I don't think so, over. Sunshine. I don't know. You've been out in Greece too long, yeah? We
1: don't go in for that sort of stuff around here. I'll tell you what you fucking go in for around here, Sunshine. <laughs> so, but it's Vic Guthrie that's involved. It says Alf Ramsey's first experiment <laughs> caused a minor sensation. And the newspaper headlines are there. Melchester Super Brat comes in from the cold. Vic Guthrie recalled for the trip to Westbury. Now, of course, Guthrie, let's not, let's not remember, is still a suspect for the attempted murder of Roy. But somehow he's back in the team. So, uh, interesting. Uh, it says, by the following Saturday, the Rovers were still discussing the team change. And they're all having a little uh, flap together in the corner of the dressing room. That fella's there again and we don't know who he is. He says, uh, I didn't expect to be playing with Guthrie for a long time, if ever again. And uh, Jimmy Slater says, haven't the police included him in their list of suspects? no Baxter, being serious for once, says, he must be badly out of match practice too. Shut well, you up, fucking know, Baxter. you're his fucking teammate. You You've seen how much fucking yeah. match practice he's had, you fucking
0: cunt. Yeah, no Baxter's so busy fucking playing the clown that he like, doesn't notice anything else that's going on around him.
1: Doesn't notice the logistics, does he? No. Or oh, the specifics. It says the fans were equally mystified. So as Rovers are running out onto the pitch, you've got a couple of Lampards in the crowd there saying, in. "Selecting Guthrie is just asking for trouble." Perhaps Alf doesn't know about his past record. Don't you believe it? He must be—he must be convinced that Guthrie could do a specific job for the Rovers, or he wouldn't have picked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um yeah, that's that's what's coming. Guthrie back in the team, and then we cut. Before the game kicks off to uh, the hospital, Roy's still lying there, still in a coma. He's got tubes going up his nose, something in his mouth, still bandaged. It says, at that moment, back in the intensive care unit at Melchester General Hospital, and those two doctors, they were standing well back last week. They've got a bit closer to Roy this week. And one of them says, uh, they're about to kick off, Dr. Reed. The commentary from Westbury is coming through loud and clear. And then Dr. Reed says, right, Turn the volume control to maximum power. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to blast this cunt out of this coma with some football. Turn it right ab- fucking up. <laughs> Def- if we need to deafen the cunt back to life, we'll have to do it. What <laughs> ab- right ab- in the loose? cunt's
0: ears. <laughs> it's going to be extra loud because we've wrapped his fucking ear holes in bandages. <laughs>
1: What happens if they lose and they're pumping this street into his, his fucking yeah. fucking oh, withered dang. brain?
0: We've lost. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck>. Oh, well. <laughs> well, that's not our fault. That's fucking Alf Ramsey's fault.
1: <laughs> Shouldn't have picked Vic fucking Guthrie, should he? <laughs> Death by oh. Guthrie. <laughs> <laughs> So they turned it right up, and uh, one of them says, let's see if the sound that Roy knows best will bring him back to the land of the living. I think that's a medical term. Is that a medical term? Our, uh, if you're listening, our TFTM yeah. doctor? The land of the living. Is that a, a, a now, what
0: we are trying to do here for this patient <laughs> is to, um, to use the medical term, bring him back to the land of the living. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole fucking chapter on that in the old medicine book.
1: <laughs> so out of the radio comes Rovers, Rovers. And uh, we're going to w- wait and see what happens. Uh, it says next Roy's week... sitting
0: there looking slightly and i like, fuck, mate, this is all yeah. I fucking need. I it's mean, almost
1: like he's pretending to be in a coma at this point, yeah, isn't it? it, it fucking peace fucking and rest.
0: quiet this is. Fucking piece of piss. I mean, I assume I'm still getting paid for all this time <laughs> I'm in the coma. They're hardly going to dock me fucking, fucking pay, are they?
1: I've dotted yeah. all the I's across crossed all the T's. I fucking I know I'm fucking getting I fucking
0: inserted into my contract, especially because I thought something like this might happen. <laughs> I'm lying here doing fuck all. I don't even have to eat because all the food's coming in my arm through a fucking drip.
1: <laughs> and I've got to say, it's not bad. It's very filling.
0: Yeah, put it this way, it's better than half the stuff fucking Penny serves up. <laughs> <clears throat> I, it's not so, as good as the roast they do in the feathers, admittedly.
1: What then? what is <laughs> trouble is if I was awake i could get them to blend one of them and inject it into my arm <laughs> but I can't wake up and tell them because they'll have me on solid yeah, and fucking
0: then before you know it I'll have to be back at work back doing the fucking stuff around the house for pen fucking nightmare I can see myself staying in this coma forever to be honest
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the radio it's got rovers rovers coming out the radio and he's lying there will it work we'll find out it says, next week, a bitter argument between Rovers players. That's fucking nothing new there, then, is it? Um, so, yeah, that's it for this one. Marks it a 10 for that, Sam. Got to be a solid 10, 10 hasn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, Alf, Alf Ramsey... Ramsey's
1: turned up. Got to be it's a 10. Just
0: in, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one of the most incredible things to have happened in this book, Alf Ramsey yeah. turning up. We're, we did not see it coming. Um... Just as a, a little side note, it will be literally years before we get onto this in real life. But you might have seen, um, if you follow us, Top Light Time Machine on uh, Instagram, that uh, myself and Len have been working through the nineteen sixties annual yeah. of Royal Rovers, which is unbelievably good. Um, they've the storyline at the moment. They claim, and what made me think of it is that it was they had a guest editor. Like celebrity cameos, and they had um, Bobby Charlton right. allegedly writing the story, but I don't believe it is him. This is in 1960, and at the beginning of each strip, they've got a picture of Bobby Charlton with a full head of hair, right, sat behind a typewriter.
1: Give me, uh, give me a bit more hair, will you, in that picture? Right, yeah.
0: thank you. Oh, come on, you cunt! It's not that fucking thin, dope. right? <laughs> give me and that pencil. But the whole, the whole storyline that he's come up with is about fucking um, them getting grounded by a there's been a military coup on a West Indies island called (laughs) I think it's called Bentiga and there's been a military coup by some sort of despot military figure called the Brigadier right goes by the name of the Brigadier and he's got this fucking army And one of the Melchester players has got a brother who works in this island running an airline, which sounds really shifty. And the brigadier kidnaps the brother and then gets him to hand over the flight details of um, Melchester Rovers who are flying to play a tournament (laughs) against the South American team. Mm. And it's such an elaborate fucking tale because basically they work out when the plane's coming over. Yeah, and they ground it. They've got a load of old military fighter jets, and they fly. They get them to literally chase the Melchester fucking, you know, just a a normal like civilian commercial airliner. They land it on this tiny island, and then they kidnap all of the rovers and force them to play against the local team. And when they win, (laughs) yeah. Because they so think they, it'll be good for him. It's, it's such huge lengths to go to, But the Brigadier is convinced it's what will swing the military coup in his favour. Yeah. Because he thinks that if he gets this team to play against the locals and the locals win, it'll be a real show of strength and national pride right. that will get all the people to fall into line. It seems a bit over the top. But Roy, because he's such a fucking lampard, it refuses to throw the game, even though he is being explicitly told... That mm. if he doesn't throw the game, he will, him and probably all of the Rovers players will be shot dead. <laughs> right? And he's like, I, I don't care. I don't know how to lose. Sorry. We'll just have to take that risk. <laughs> and there's all sorts like, every Bobby time Charlton's there's a goal. This. Yeah, and that, Bobby Charlton's come up with the whole idea. At the top of the page, it's Bobby Charlton just beaming behind the typewriter. Yeah, he's got a cunning story for your ear. So, and I've got one day, once we finish. Where-
1: where, where one of the players goes around blinding some of the children. <laughs> I, I don't think we can go that far, Bobby. No, it's really good. It's a really good storyline. It's, line. I it's think
0: good because people are loving it. You know, a lot Human of. Interest. Um, I know it sounds horrible, but, you know, blinding a child is sometimes the only effective way of disciplining them or educating them about the important things. They understand like, that in some of these third world countries better than we do here.
1: It's like uh, it's like an affectionate blinding
0: almost. <laughs> you know, once you blind a child, that child will do anything for you. It's an amazing forever. thing to see <laughs> that yeah, it breeds immense loyalty.
1: <laughs> so that's the sixties. So we'll <laughs> end up there eventually, will we? Well, I think we'll
0: finish this eighties one in about a year. Then we'll yeah. do the seventies one. Oh, we're not one, far off is... the end
1: of the eighties one. To be fair, yeah, we're not about yeah.
0: About, yeah. yeah, and I then and, and then the seventies is amazing. I've read that, and that'll take us a that'll take us eighteen months, and then eventually mm. we'll get on to sixties, which is our, in some ways the best of the lot.
1: Okay, we should do sixties first, and then try and work chronologically.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I've got 50s as well, but I haven't to oh, it got a yet. That as well.
1: we'll have a look at you, that as well. If then.
0: you look <clears> at <throat> the 50s, and me and you, when we went to the Royal the Rovers exhibition in Manchester, <laughs> did see the first strip, which is when yeah. Roy's first on doing his trials he and did. he first bonds with Blackie Grey. And that's what you can get the full backstory, the origin story is the 50s one.
1: Yeah. All right, that's awesome. it for this thing. Yep. Plenty more to come from Melchester for years and years and years and years. Yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah, and um, don't
0: worry. Alf Ramsey sticks around for a few more chapters as well.
1: Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. TT Authentic edge.
0: See you, cunts.